It's Wednesday. We made it. We made it. We made it through part of the week. I don't know about you, but it felt like it was longer. I don't I don't know what was with that. I mean, I know it was a long weekend. I know uh, some of us were out there on the streets, and we're going to be continuing that conversation. We started last night, Manny and myself, Black Code and Labor Day. On today's episode of What Should White People Do, we shall be taking that conversation a little further. As mentioned last night on the show, you know, the thing about it is, is this long history of slavery um, and different types of enslavement too. But that somehow doesn't get as much credence. And instead, when you hear, as Manny said, I don't know if you can hear my uh, support group in the back there. Hi, guys. That's the parakeets. Um, you know, it's just as he said. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, the way he brilliantly put it. You know, you have all of this going on. And somehow people just don't see, they just don't see why, or seem to want to see why. Now, if any, is a time for people to get more conscious about this Labor Day predicament. I mean, we have all kind of characters coming out of the woodworks now. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. Today on What Should White People Do? We're gonna be continuing that conversation um, I'm waiting for Amy and Manny to sign in. They're probably gathering themselves as we we get started here, which is fine. We're loving caring people. And we're going to have this conversation. You know, Manny spoke about people going to barbecues and wearing white. Um, I'm not going to lie. I probably did it without realizing it. Um, you could come for me if you want to, but it's okay. I've worn white on Labor Day because I really didn't give a fuck about it. And it was hot. I did it. All right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the more dedicated motherfuckers who, you know, they turn their back on society. It's like, you know, you literally turn around and you don't care. Okay. But here you are celebrating this holiday. And Manny spoke on that. So I see Manny just popped in. We're waiting for Amy now. Um, you know, and it's a hell of a thing because as he so brilliantly put it, you know, how could you stand there and celebrate this thing? And you know, I mean, do you even do you even know your own history? So Manny, now that you're on, you want to give folks like a little overview while we wait for Amy to, to sign on of what we were talking about last night? Yeah. In regards to black Right, right. Yes. Um you know, as we established uh last night, right? Uh Labor Day. <laughs> was um, created by a group of white workers, right? Unions of white workers, uh, about late eighteen hundreds, and um, you know it was created as this day of gratitude and appreciation for those white workers and the contributions they made to the labor workforce, right? Um, we also made it clear that in no way did this day of appreciation and gratitude to the workers, right, included black and brown workers. Um, and then we then followed and said, well, after the abolishment of slavery, right, 1865, 1866, uh, the black codes were introduced. They're introduced by southern states who 
You know, uh, we're very, very quite upset that they no longer had the ability to own another human being, right? Uh, and so what were they going to do? They were going to do everything in their power to create these um, laws to restrict, limit, and control the black and brown population, right? We then talked about vagrancy laws, right, and how it was literally criminalized um, for men not to work and uh, for men who worked but worked in a job that the whites weren't satisfied with, right? Uh, if they were working any other job that whites didn't approve of. And so they were criminalized. Um, and then we talk about how that just kind of led right into the beginning of the Jim Crow era, 1877, you know, all the way to uh, what people more are more familiar with, 1950s, 1960s. That's amazing. Thank you, Manny. And then um, before you before you <laughs> you leave that topic, because there's a big one too, right? That immigration, that, that mass immigration, right? Something you could nearly and dearly talk to. And people act like all of this didn't happen, right, Manny? Like, this, we're just making this up, apparently. I, apparently, I need to go talk to somebody about it, because I could have sworn that all happened right around the same time you're referring to as far as the late 60s and 70s and why these folks were actually imp not that they were just bored and said hey what are you doing what are you doing let's go to america that's not how that went right 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 we also talked about um the <clears throat> introduction of the bracero program right which is uh, uh introduced early 1940 I think you have to adjust your mic, Manny, because you sound a little far. Right. Um, because World War II happened, a lot of these men, you know, black, brown, and white, right, were sent off to go and, and, you know, they were drafted and they were sent to the war. And so that left a huge labor shortage, right? And so what did they do? They to import the workers. Right, close the country to us, Mexico. Um, and but we also highlighted the fact that those jobs were temporary, they were temporary jobs. That's a big thing that people need to understand. That's a big deal, Manny. What you're saying there that you see that word, see this guy right here, Amy, you missed it all last night. This boy was on fire. I had to check, I had to check myself to make sure the whole house didn't burn down because. He came to remind you all, seriously, give some people some serious education on the background of Labor Day. Because as you, I love how he started it off last night. Y'all, y'all buying barbecue and this one coming to this one house and that one making the hot dogs and that one. Listen, I just started off the show by admitting, I think, I mean, I'm not going to, nobody's perfect. I ain't going to lie because I really didn't give a fuck enough. But I think there were actually days or times on Labor Days where I wore white, right? Like I was going to the store, but it was hot as fuck. So, you know, I'm going to wear a white T-shirt. But to say to stand there in solidarity. Now, tonight, our friend Amy L. is with us, right? 
our comrade or white comrade and ally. And I would love to hear your perspective just on this part alone as we're talking, Amy. What Manny was talking about was, you know, given like a overcap of the labor movement relative to black and brown people and how that slavery, the migration of all these immigrants who were imported from Africa, Asia, Mexico, how did that all come together? What do you think about just that by itself? And the fact that here comes this group of white people saying, well, we work hard and we're hard employees. We're going to create this Labor Day and everybody's going to celebrate it and equity and blah, 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 blah. That's how I see it. I think that kind of will, how I'm saying it will kind of tell you how I see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think a little known fact is that um, Labor Day was actually started because of a protest from the Pullman, um, the Pullman strike. Um, and uh, it was after that, that President Cleveland um, named Labor Day as a federal holiday. Um, so it was the, the black porters, uh, train, train porters that, um, that helped us to get Labor Day. Um, but yeah, I think that, that we have a very, general um, ignorance in not remembering or understanding that um, black people actually built the country. Um, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 Amy. Here you go with your shit. Hold up, people. Yes, a white woman just said that. Um, another thing that I've been looking at recently is, is like Connecticut, you know, and you talked about the Great Migration, um, and I am obsessed with the Great Migration and read this really great book about it, um, and I wanted to learn more about Connecticut, and one of the things that I learned about Hartford specifically was that during the First World War, um, so there were the lesser white people because not all white people were considered white people throughout American history. Um, but the, the lesser white people worked in the fields, in the tobacco fields. And then um, the better quote unquote white people worked in the factories. Well, when the war started, those people that were in the factories went off to war. Um, and then they moved the people, the white people um, that were in the fields into the um, factories. And then we sent search parties to the South and to Puerto Rico. And that's how we ended up having one of the largest um, populations of Puerto Ricans in the country, um, outside of Puerto Rico, obviously. Um, and um, we had a direct route of migration uh, from the South. So Connecticut has its own history with this. Um, and yeah, um, I don't think that, that things have necessarily changed since then um, because one of the keys to getting, uh, I mean, there's a few obviously, right? You have to have opportunity, um, you have to have access and you have to have education. And those are three things that we've made sure to isolate black and brown people from and favor white people in. Um, so, yeah. That's amazing, Amy. I love, I love that you came out. See, this is what we were talking about. 
This is what we talk about. This is what solidarity entails. Solidarity is not just showing up to a protest, saying this and that matters, going home, drinking a beer, and then being so proud of yourself. It's more than that. It's taking the collective risk of not only educating yourself, but educating others. Now, I don't know if anybody noticed, but just by coincidence, because Manny, you know, Amy, you know, I, I, it just so happened I used that image of Sleeping Beauty for today's graphic, where she's mopping the floor, and here come this little barrage of white people with a little sign that we are the movement. Hmm. I know Manny want to say something. Go ahead, Manny. Talk. <laughs> right. Um, like like I said yesterday, right? Uh, the the way that conservatism has been sustained for geez, well since the, the founding of this country, <laughs> right till the present day, is. Conservatives have, along the years, found way after way after way after tactic, after strategy, whatever you want to call it, right, to be able to sustain themselves and the narrative is so dearly hold on to, right? And... In no way, right, in no way are they willing, right? They're quite literally, like I said yesterday, they're, they're, they're willing to die, <laughs> right? Rather literally. Than be literally. Right? Literally. Rather die than be willing to let the narrative, the stories, the beliefs, the traditions, right? dissipate or be integrated right into the mosaic that is the United States right they'd rather die um, literally like he's not kidding I mean and Manny yeah. correct me if I'm wrong January 6th Amy correct me if I'm wrong too isn't that an example of what he's talking about yeah. that right. I yep right and um and look, look, look how, look how I'm about to tie this into a, a recent occasion, right? Recent incident. Like I said, that they, they, they want to keep conservatism the way it is, and, and keep the traditions and the values, and right, and everything that they hold so dear, dearly onto. And they refuse to integrate. Right, themselves into the mosaic. There's the United States, and how is this shown? Look at what happened in dear old Connecticut. Keep Connecticut white. Right, literal words that were used from them. Keep Connecticut white. If that doesn't prove my point that they're not willing to integrate into the mosaic that is the United States with all the beautiful cultures we have, right? Keep Connecticut white. Keep America white. Right? Say it. They're the problem. Yo, listen. Check this out. I want to jump off of what you're saying there. I happen to come across 
you know, Manny, these and Amy, these things just happen. I don't know how. Who knows? <laughs> so it just so happened, <laughs> I come across this article on the Daily Caller by Gage Clipper. I'm going to read part of it, probably most of it to you guys, right? Now, life your feedback after it. So here it goes. Labor Day has historically been a left-wing holiday with its roots in the 19th and 20th century labor movements. While Republicans kick off the summer with Memorial Day, the celebration of workers has long been ceded to the Democrats. However, 2016 marked an epochal shift in America's political alignments. It's high for conservatives to reject their white collar attachments and fully become the party of the working man. I can't make this shit up. I'm not creative. So let me say some more on this. This is the article again. It's in the Daily Caller. It's called, the title of the article is, It's Time for Conservatives to Reclaim Labor Day. I go on. During the 19th century, industrialization was forming the American economy. Workers faced dehumanizing working conditions. <laughs> Somebody check money, blood pressure. <laughs> Long hours low wages, and virtually non-existent safety standards. In response, labor unions began forming to advocate for better conditions and improve lives of workers. The first Labor Day parade took place in New York City in September 1882 to celebrate workers' rights, but it would be the same, it would be some time before the country fully recognized the holiday. The pivotal moment came in 1886 in what became known as the Haymarket Affair. On May 1st, thousands of workers took to the streets of Chicago to demand eight-hour workdays. After days of violent clashes, a bomb went off on May 4th, killing police and civilians alike. The depth of radicalism in the early labor movement is an inconvenient fact for today's left. Far from the narrative of peace and love that the modern left has written into its history books, dreams of revolutionary communism were alive and well in the capital West. The Haymarket affair galvanized radicals throughout the West and international federal social groups declared May 1st International Labor Workers Day in commemoration of the violent backlash in Chicago. The holiday later became synonymous with the Soviet Union's effort to spark global revolution and continues to be celebrated throughout the world. Yet sensing the radical direction of the labor, where the labor movement was heading, President Grover Cleveland offered an olive branch. In 1894, he signed a legislation to make Monday, the first Monday in September, a federal holiday for workers, otherwise known as Labor Day. While communists and socialists continued to be active in the labor movements after the turn of the century, workers had achieved a solid foothold in American society. Revolutions in production and new legislation ensured the working man could achieve a decent standard of living. Communism had little power over a comfortable and politically engaged working class. I'm going to pause right there because I could feel both of y'all's blood pressure rising. All right. Starting with you, Manny. What's your thoughts on that? Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Tell us. <laughs> like, 
you know, that's that's my way of censoring myself because I, I, you know, I, I refuse to curse. So that's the way. <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. I mean, there's a more vulgar term for that, but that I'm is some the word fucked nonsense. up shit. That's some <laughs> fuck shit right there. Like, I'm gonna just go ahead and do it for him. I'll be like that anime, you know, like an anime where you see like the boof and the bam. That's me, right? Because this man took time out of his life to write this horseshit. Oh, but what's scarier God. is that he has support. Amy, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was totally whitewashed. <laughs> I mean, could it have been whiter? Could it have yeah, been I mean, wider? Could you explain what you mean by that for the people, the little sensitive so, people who probably... Yeah, so they took the story that is about um, the black uh, porters, the Pullman, they were the ones that started that strike. That entire strike was black people. That was started by, by black unions. Um, and it, it was their pressure. It was their movement. Um, and they're not even mentioned. It did not even Correct. mention. It did not even call it, call it the Pullman strike, did it? Because that's literally nope. what it was called, the Pullman strike. Yep. That was the, the name of the black gentleman. Um, whatever. <laughs> that, that was madness. Yeah. But this goes back to what you both so are saying, right? The whitewashing of right. yeah. so Labor Day. Right. The black history of it, making Correct. it a white story, centering white people and focusing on white people. That's what I mean by whitewashing, just completely erasing the fact um, that it was centered um, in a black movement. Um, and then, you know, just like Tom Sawyer, whitewashing the fence. Right. Now, okay, so Sleeping Beauty, the cartoon came out in 1959, right? That that whole story about this little white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's in this bad family. She's just a hard worker, man. She's a hard worker. And here come these people, and they're going to help her. She's going to meet Prince Charming, and this hardworking employee now has the reward. That's how I see right? Because that's not real. That's not real. Get the fuck out of here. Then you have this dude. That article was released on, what's the date on here? September 3rd. September 3rd, this fool put this out there, right? Completely whitewashed at 9.50 p.m. in case you were curious, Eastern time, okay? Now, Manny talked about, and he, he, he hit it on the head, that link between Labor Day and conservatism. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, Amy's still with us? Amy. Oh yeah, sorry, my mute. I couldn't get my mute off. <laughs> That's what he said, but you keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? The uh, comparison between conservatism. No, and it was what? Manny spoke on the link between. This is what we were talking about last night. You know, yeah. conservatism being one of the key ingredients to white supremacy, oh, and yeah. the role it played into Labor Day as it is known right now. What's your thought? Yeah, um, I definitely think that, um, you know, white supremacy doesn't necessarily have a party, but there is a party that is favored by white supremacy. Um, 
And uh, I, I think that since the inception of the country, that conservative role has been um, the same as, I mean, they're, it, they're definitely um, conflatable, um, white supremacy and conservatism. So I, I think that that's just been part of the country from the start. I think that conservatism that we see today um, that is, you know, that talks about crime, crime, crime. Um, that's the same exact conservatism and white supremacy that was um, like, oh, we got to clear these, clear all this forest and make a place for, you know, a farm. What, how are we going to do that? I think it's the same mindset. Um, so, yes, I think there's definitely. I agree with that. I don't think we're going to dispute that part. So yeah, and I definitely don't want to let Democrats off the hook. Oh, I was just about girl talk about it. Go with because um, I I strongly feel that white supremacy is one of the cores to conservatism, right? But I feel like white feminism is one of the cores to liberalism, um, and I think that that our party, that the Democratic Party is way too um, cop friendly, um, not willing to put the people before um, the town employees, um, meaning uh, law enforcement, um, and they center white feminism. If, I mean, you notice everybody goes crazy over abortion. We heard jack shit about the Crown Act. Um, so it's it's both parties um, have, I think, a, a, the same core or the same roots in white supremacy and um, conservatism takes more of a patriarchal, um, you know, hardcore white supremacy approach and Democrats definitely, definitely favor white feminism. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we definitely touched on those points last night, right? So, Manny, I'm looking at you now. Given the context, everything we're talking about right here, right now, what can white people do in regards to liberty? Talk. Educate yourselves. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> it's, I mean, come on. It's like, if after hearing... All this stuff. You don't sit there and be like, okay, first admit. Okay, first thing do, admit you didn't know what Labor Day was about. Okay? I think that's step one. Just admit it. It's okay. You're not alone. You know, it, it, you're not the only one who didn't know what Labor Day really was about. So it's okay. Just admit that. That's step one. Admit you didn't know what Labor Day was about. Two, please stop doing the barbecues. Please. Please stop having parties and grills and all that, you know, because you, you just, you look foolish. Labor Day is not 4th of July for a cookout and all that, right? It, no, that's not what it's about. So please stop. <laughs> um, but three, right, the, the most important thing, really. How does it say? <laughs> right, exactly. that's capitalism. Whole different other thing to talk about. Oof, jeez. But, um... <laughs> Right, the most important thing to do is, uh, like, 
once you get yourself educated on again why was Labor Day created and 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 the history of it and and then realize what came in tandem with it right the black codes and the uh, start of the Jim Crow era right get make sure you you get that piece in there because it's very important right so get that in there too once you do that right start telling your people about it right start telling your friends your family and stuff Be like yeah we're over here celebrating and and eating hot dogs and burgers and drinking beer and all that right and and, and some of us enjoying the day off of work some still having to work right you're doing all that stuff taking you know for taking it for granted right that this is a federal holiday but you don't even know what it is you don't know what i can guarantee you I will walk up to someone having a barbecue on Labor Day. Ask them, what's Labor Day? They don't know, right? So educate yourself. Educate uh, the people around you, right? Uh, stop giving in to the commercialization of Labor Day. Um, but most importantly, I think, I think what white people have to do is start to realize that conservatism has played such a role into the narrative of a lot of these holidays. Right. Um, so become aware about that. Right. Like really become aware of it. And again, and also doing that, let other people know. And it starts to, start, I mean, I don't want to say like, take it off the pedestal that it is, that it's on, but bring it down a few notches, right? Kick it down a few notches, right? Start, start to take away that commercialization of it, right? Yeah, it's Labor Day, all right? It's a holiday, but for, for Christ's sake, people, please, please. Don't don't be having these Labor Day parties where you're not even doing anything specifically, even even remotely related to the actual holiday. All right, please just just stop it. I mean, I'm just saying, Manny, the hot dogs were on sale, bro. <laughs> uh, the bread, like I, uh, you, uh, what what hypocrisy is that, right? Like to add to that. I can't even say the sentence without like stopping for five seconds. How the fuck we celebrating Labor Day on a day that was supposed allegedly about workers and workers' rights, but everything on sale? Wow, look at us giving an ode to slavery. Because guess who was still on sale on Labor Day? Same question for you. Oh, Amy had to log out. It looks like I think she's having audio issues there. Amy, are you back with us? Here we go. There she is. All right. Same question to you, Amy. What should white people do right now? Manny's saying, educate yourself. Don't support the bullshit. Cut the shit the fuck out. I just mentioned the fact that on Labor Day are all these sales, just like when they will sell the slaves. Your advice now, as a white woman, what should white people do? Yeah. Um, well, I... I'm a firm believer in um, in education, um, in reading books, in finding 
um, TikToks or whatever from influencers who want to teach us, black and brown influencers, um, and to learn the history around not just Labor Day, but most of our holidays um, and the whitewashed version, um, the history of it, uh, and you can do, you know, take from that what you can do in modern day. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's a great start. I would say not just to read. I don't want people, I like to read, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But you got to understand something too, white people. We're tired. When we get slapped around by the police and, and let go from jobs and shit, we don't have time to read shit. Okay? When we get stigmatized and criminalized just by being in our skin, we don't have time to read shit. When I shows up at that door claiming that they have a problem with you and put you through a whole fucking process of what the fuck you and your entire family, again, we don't have time to read that shit, right? So I'm just saying, I love what she's saying, and I want to just add to that. If you don't know what to read or where to go, be humble enough to ask a fucking question. You understand me? Ask a fucking question. And again, I love to read. I actually read more than I say. You know, I, I do read. I, I'm one of those people who, you know, they sit here and read random The most random shit you can think of. Some stuff is stuff that's going on. Some stuff is just stuff like, what the fuck is that? I just read it. You could find out stuff like Amy's describing, you know, the little tips she's given, the books, the resources. Go on Facebook and check out the Middletown Anti-Racism page. I said this before, we've all said it. There's different ways to get involved. Okay, you don't want to do a protest, you're not comfortable for whatever reason, you know, physically, mentally, it's okay. But it doesn't mean that you cannot get involved. As she pointed out, find your niche, right? We need white people to be more responsible, okay? If I, if I had to say one word to associate what I want white people do, to do right here, right now, 2023, Look how many tweets I just added for no reason, right? That's how, my, that's how much I want to say it, <laughs> right? I want white people to take responsibility. I love that. I love that Manny said that. Take, take responsibility for yourself, right? That's a big word, but it's a word that I think that it's one of those words, like when we were talking about the Proud Boys and the term recruitment fell in there. Some people here you know, this is a group recruitment and they don't see it as a bad thing because of the verbatim. Because some words hang on both sides. That word responsibility to me is one of those here. Take some fucking responsibility, right? Learn your own damn history. Aren't you ashamed of yourself that you went into that store and paid less than the cost and the workers are looking at you sweating and pissed off because they had to come in today, not that they wanted to, but since the price of gas and the price of milk are the same, they have no choice. There's different ways to get involved. You could go on Middletown Anti-Racism on Facebook. You could do what Manny says all the time. S sit down and educate yourself first. Like, I don't want people to get hung up on the education either. Not that you don't get yourself educated, but don't just sit on it. What's the point of educating yourself if you're just going to sit on it? All right, so now you educate yourself on stuff. Here's another thing, right? And here's why I'm also saying that. 
If you told yourself, all I have to do is read those books Amy just said, and now I know everything, you're a bigger idiot than I gave you credit for. Okay? You're a bigger idiot than I gave you credit for. I'm sorry, not sorry. Right? I'm a firm believer you could never stop learning. And that's why, like, you hear them talk about education because they share that belief too. For you to get there, you need to humble yourself. That's the first step. You do not fucking know everything. We have this man, Donald Trump, running around on our TV talking about he's not guilty, he's innocent, and he has a following, and it's dangerous. Manny, I don't know, you look like the kind of person that might have a thought or two about what Amy just dropped there. Amy just dropped some heavy lines, man. She just ran through that conversation like Eminem, right? Um, what you feel about her saying... That big one did, <laughs> Amy girl, you don't even know what you're unleashing right now. Democrat conservatives are dangerous. Ooh, Manny, 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 what's. Oh, don't I know it. Uh, <laughs> listen, people, as I said yesterday, right? I, I specifically said um, conservatism in the United States has learned how to sustain itself. And one of the main ways it has sustained itself is the fact that it does not belong to one group of people. One group of people do not own conservatism, right? It has spread out among so many different people I mean, we're talking about races, we're talking about economic classes, we're talking about occupations, we're talking about geographical regions, right? Geopolitical regions. I mean, it, it has put itself in every nook and cranny of the United States. So that's why I said, you know, when we think of conservatism right off the top of our minds, we, we think, okay, southern states, white people, Republicans, there you go, conservatism. No, 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 no. Yes, but no. <laughs> right? Like I said before in a different episode, Democratic conservatives, to me, are much more cunning and in fact and this is the this is the analogy i use said i'd and on any given day on any given day i'd rather go toe-to-toe with a southern state white male republican <laughs> right in the prime time of his life <laughs> i'd go against him toe-to-toe any day than a democratic conservative because that republican that conservative republican will right there in front of my face let me know and be so unapologetically honest about where he stands on everything he will not hide his beliefs. He won't. He will be so, so truthful with you. But that Democratic conservatives, they 
They're the ones where you have to figure out what things they really believe in and what are some things that they're actually conservative about. But because they're in the Democratic Party, they don't make it public. They don't make it known. You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. They really don't make it known. They move like, you know, they, they move like a snake, like literally a snake, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. They slither here and there because they hide in various spaces. Right. Because to me, they, they have to be good athletes because they could bob and weave like you never seen before. You feel me? <laughs> they can. I have a question for you, Amy. Hearing what Manny just said, this is a younger person in the fight. How do you feel about that? And what could white people do regarding what he just said? Yeah, um, I totally agree with what he was saying um and i've heard i've actually heard it quite often from people of color that um at least a republican or conservative will be um blatant or just flat out <clears throat> honest about their feelings and and you know whatever they need to say about black people they'll say about black people um but democrats um like to use Nixon's approach in not not even discussing black people. So you don't, there are just certain things, you, words and things that you don't say, um, but it doesn't change actions. So what I see a lot on the left <clears throat> is that um, there's no discussion around racism. It's considered an open and closed case. There's no racism on the left. The racism is on the right. So therefore, there's no need to have a discussion about it here. Um, why are you dividing the party? Um, you know, at, he's so and so. If you know, if you mention something about somebody being problematic, well, they're not so and so, you know, the opponent. And it's like, well, by constantly setting the bar at where a racist Republican is, we are never going to rise above it. Like that's such a low bar to try and to try. Well, and, I mean, and, is it a low bar intentionally? Yeah. Right. But but I also think that there's like this big part of not understanding what our role is and stepping out of it. Um, there has to be an awakening. There has that. That's what the you know, just like black people went through a period and became woke. They, they awoke to their situation. White people need to be awoken to what our role is in upholding white supremacy. It's not just Republicans upholding white supremacy. It's white people. Um, so there, there have to be discussions. It, it has to be like white silence needs to go. People need to, and I, I say this all the time, Anti-racism work begins with yourself, then your circle, meaning your circle of friends, your circle of family, people that you're close with, and then your community. So if you're not doing those things, then you are part of the problem. And so if you're even, you can be a Democrat that says, I love black people, I want black people to have opportunity. Um, but if you don't check those unbiased um sorry, the uh, unconscious biases, then you're, you're part of the problem. So uh, 
it, it really has to begin with yourself and I'm, I'm just, I'm really hoping that there's going to start to be like a domino effect where one person has that awakening and then they influence another person to have that awakening and another. Um, and then we start to see um, actual steps forward because we are addressing white supremacy at its root within ourselves. We're not trying to fix someone else. We're trying to fix white supremacy beginning with ourselves. That's interesting that you would say that. I love I love what you just said. But here's the thing though. Here's my one thing with that. What the fuck would it take for an you know an awakening? How asleep are these fucking people? Like listen, I would love to know what they are using that because clearly it's better than melatonin. How asleep can you fucking be? How much needs to happen before white people wake up? Like, when do you see that happening? Because to me, in my opinion, and Manny, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> wait, no, I take that back. I have a funny feeling I know how you feel. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I pull that back. Whoops. But when we walk outside, we can't be asleep. Manny cannot walk down Whaley Avenue half a week, nor can I. When the police pull us the fuck over, I better be wide awake to say why the fuck I was there and what the fuck I was doing. Because if I don't do that, my ass in jail. Okay? And we ain't even talk about the part where my mother and father find out because I don't have to deal with their ass. We got to be wide awake. So, Amy, if January 6th, should that have, let me rephrase that question. Should January 6th have been an awakening? Yeah, totally. Um, but, but, uh, it's so hard to explain the fog and like generations have worked to isolate white people. Right. So, you know, all your friends are white. Everybody in school is white. Everybody your parents work with is white. Everybody in your neighborhood is white. Everybody at the grocery store is white. Um, so you don't learn anything about the black community or the brown community or and you think that that's normal you know you think that what your experience is is normal wait amy i'm gonna say this not that you're wrong but i want to throw something in there yes those white people learn they learn that black people and brown people are talented gifted people hard workers so you know what they did they enslaved them and then they imported them i love the word imported being used for that especially for the mass migration because whoa whoa y'all went and adjusted your fucking immigration law just after world war ii why because you didn't have the labor and you imported it right so i feel like they know but it's entertainment what what the fuck would it take to push that over because in my opinion I look at January 6th, you know, just if we just listen to what Manny alone said, that there to me is a big portrayal of what he described. What do you think? And to me, from that, white people should be talking to themselves now. This is my opinion as a black immigrant single parent. I'm pretty sure Manny has his thoughts as a young Latinx 
individual because we didn't do that. Yes, some of us were there because they were dumb and influenced and whatever, but why didn't white people look at each other and say, yo, this is not what we should be doing because conservatism is on the rise. What do you think? Amy, did we lose you again? Or is she still trying to muscle with the mute button? I'm not sure what's going on there with Amy's tech right now. But Manny, you want to chime in there? What are you thinking? As oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. My mute is driving me insane today. So I think that what happened with January 6th is that Democrats saw it and they were like, that's not us. And we and then we said, well, there that's racism. I'm not racist. So we it I think it actually set people back from from looking at themselves. I don't think that white people watched January 6th and said, wow, this is white people doing this. What is my role in this white supremacy? I think white people looked at it and said, holy shit, Republicans are crazy. Republicans are racist and helped even further cement the white feminism. In so then what should they do then, Amy? Because I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I think you're absolutely fucking right. I think a lot of white Democrats, actually, let me say it better. White Democrats looked at that because when, when it comes to a certain set, you got to really, really enunciate that WH. So you got to say, white Democrats saw that and they say, oh, that's not me. But I know Tony from the bakery and he talked about that, but that's not me. I'm not racist. And I really only think that that temperament can be when people realize the gravity of it. When they saw legislators and lawmakers who they love, you know, hiding and crying out for help and being scared. That's when they gave a fuck. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, you asked me before, what can people do? This is not something where I can, like, where it's like a blanket thing, where just something, you know, I, you throw some dust and a whole bunch of people are impacted. It's like one person at a time, you know? It really is, it's one person at a time. And it's getting one person to say, damn, I'm white, I have white privilege, I do, I have subscribed to these white supremacy thoughts, I have subscribed to these white supremacy benefits, um, and what can I do to change that? Th that moment has to happen. And I, I really think it comes from an interaction, a one-on-one -on -one personal interaction. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's frustrating. I think that's the conundrum right there, right? Because you have the black and brown people who are like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? You all watch Roots, you know? You know that we've been waiting here. You know that all of this is going on. Now you're all going to fuck up the Capitol and completely use your privilege. I mean, we're looking at it like, really, guys? Really? Manny, what's your... 
Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> Amy's right, though, right? It's the fact that we, I mean, okay, in my humble and, and personal opinion, right, I think anyone who goes on any platform or in the public or even behind closed doors, right, and says, okay, I have the answer, right? No, you don't. <laughs> it's no one person or even a group of people can really have the answer. And to say you do is, I mean, again, in my humble words, it, it's ignorance, all right? To being ignorant. <laughs> because you have to realize the scale of the problem we're talking about. Right? Like I said, is that it is a problem that has buried itself into every nook and cranny of this country. So, yes, it's deep-rooted. It's complex. It's, it's interwoven in a web Okay, so we can we can absolutely stay here and provide answers and solutions that will push us along. Yeah, we can do that. But I don't, you know, as much as we talk and as much as we can brainstorm, we we can't say, okay, here is the answer, right? So that, that's why I I push for things like. Okay, to get us closer to the answer, right? Educate yourself, and and this is the reason why I say that. I don't say it just so you can give yourself a history lesson and be like, okay, now I know the history of such and such. No, no, no. I say that so that you understand that that is the first step, right? The first step to then getting yourself closer. To whatever step comes next, because if you don't understand where this came from, where these issues stem from, how are you really going to be able to address it? Right? That's why I push for education. Because if we start to educate ourselves, and then we all know the history of such and such, right? You know it, CJ uh, you know, knows it, Amy knows it, so and so knows it, right? There's a group of us that were educated. Okay, now we're like-minded people, right? Now we all know what we know. Now let's focus on step two, right? That's why I push for education, right? That's why I say, what can you do now? Educate yourself. Step one, once you're educated, now we can come to a discussion, right? Now we can sit there and talk. And now let's figure out what's step two. Right, because it is. It's a step by step process. Anyone who disagrees, I mean, I don't know. Is there something wrong with you? You know, <laughs> but it, it's a step by step process. Um. So yeah, that's why you know. Again, Amy's right. You know, the, you can't provide a blanket answer. because uh, the issues are too big. They're they're way way too big. No, you're both right, and I love what she said about it being individual because it is. It really, really is. Because let me tell you something. Let me let me share a story about a group called Showing Up for Racial Justice. That personally, I wanted to see it succeed. Why? Because white people 
need to have a space to organize themselves. But here's the problem over the years I have noticed, right? What I've noticed is that white people will get in these spaces and they'll start to organize with each other, but they cannot help themselves, man. They fucking can't. Yo, if I'm lying, I'm flying. You want a good example? Look at what's going on with housing right now. Mm -hmm. They come together and it always starts off with, here we are. All these white come together. Mary, Joe, Jack, Sarah, Susan. We want to do well. You know, they, they cry their white tears and they're so sorry. And they want to help so bad. But then they come in and shove us out of the space. What the actual fuck? The fact that y'all are sitting there entertaining certain things is beyond me. It's beyond me. You know, what do you want us to do? What To be honest with you, to be fully transparent, I actually forgot it was Labor Day. Dead ass. I dead ass forgot it was. I, I went, I, I was doing some errands, and it did not even occur to me. That's how disassociated I am with this particular day, right? I didn't mind not having to work, but I was pissed when I remembered because I've been so busy doing other things. And that's the thing too, right? To put into context, we're in a time in history right now, right? I was speaking to um, a nephew of mine yesterday and we were talking about the mental health impact of COVID. It's something that I try to bring up because the truth is they're not telling us everything. A lot of our brothers and sisters are afflicted by anxiety, depression, you know, all these different mental wellness impacts, unwellness rather, of COVID-19. Job insecurity, food insecurity will just add to that, you know, friends that you've lost, family members that you're concerned about, family members you haven't even been able to see yet. I have family members I haven't seen in years, right? you know, stuff like that. These all add to our frustration. So when we see things like these updates on January 6th, it does another, another nail in the coffin. Cause it's like, come the fuck on, man. I get it's a blanket issue. I get that there's so much associated, but the first step is to face yourself. Because even if we agreed that we need to form XYZ group tomorrow morning and that this group will function to empower people. I've seen it myself. Surge started off being, and it was a good group. And when I refer to Surge, I'm referring to Connecticut, right? Specifically, because it is a nationwide group. Problem came up when people started getting noticed and realized they were being noticed. It's, I tell you, Malcolm said it. Elijah Muhammad said it. The camera is the white man's narcotics. Soon as people started realizing, you know, or then they'll pick a, a black person to follow like a messiah, right? That's another set of people right there. They, they crack me the fuck up. They find this one black person, they're following them all around. But let me tell you something. When they get a good hold of what's going on and they're ready to make that move, this is why it always comes down to an individual conversation first. It has to start there. It must start there. Because you could do all the white things and say all the white things, but you're still doing white things. So it has to be that. It has to start there, right? You all should be looking back at COVID-19 and then looking at Labor Day different. How about that? For all the people pre-COVID who said, well, I don't know what they're so stressed out about. They get to vote. They get to do this. What We, we get to what? What, what, what? So starting with you, 
Amy, what are some things right here in Connecticut right now? What would you like to say to your white peers listening in? How could they address this or help themselves? And any resources? Or what yeah. Um, so I think, uh, well, I think it really has to start with education and action. I think that those two things need to go hand in hand. Um, I think that we need to stop burdening black people um, with uh, needing black people to explain to us what racism is or how something is racist or what just happened. I didn't understand. Um, we have to learn to see those things ourselves. Um, so we should be doing work on ourselves. In addition to that, we should be showing up. Assume this is this is where it's a good thing. You don't need to be the center of attention. We don't need to be a leader. So so it is possible for us to integrate into movements that are already going, that are led by black people, that are led by brown people. Um, and become involved um, and know what's going on in your state, okay? So we're all like all over what's happening in Florida and Florida, Florida, Florida. And I like to compare Florida just to show what our Republicans would do if they had the opportunity to control the state. However, Connecticut still has, is being as blue as we are, has major issues. We should be, um, paying attention to what's happening with our police. We should be paying attention to what's happening with our um, desegregation, our zoning, our school dollars, um, because everything is linked to taxes, right? So if city like Bridgeport doesn't have a whole lot of taxes coming in, they don't have a whole lot of money to put into their schools. Um, so there are definitely things that, that you can do now, but I, it, I personally believe that it has to be education has to be partnered with action and that education, um, is to unlearn what we've learned, um, since birth. Um, and, uh, stop burdening black people. Uh, with needing that education. And so, yeah, but you can't just do the learning. As you mentioned before, and as we've talked about a bunch of times, um, don't just read, you know, you need to, to do that, but get out, get out and, and do action. Um, you, if, if, I mean, I'm just going to give an example. We have a Republican running for office here in Middletown um for mayor and he is a former officer um so i foia'd his um civilian complaints because i wanted to see what kind of guy this is you know and lo and behold um two of them two of the complaints against him are so bad that i think they are huge red flags about what kind of danger he would be um uh from an anti-racist perspective so um you know, really changing, stepping outside of whiteness and decentering ourselves um, has to be a part of that too. See, Amy, this is why we appreciate you being here. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, this is why I appreciate what you're saying because 
as simple as it sounds is as simple as it is for real for real people right there's no action too small start off small educate yourself right start reading research and challenge your knowledge challenge it but be humble enough to accept what you are about to receive because we could share all the resources and shit right i mean people were marching for black lives and these motherfuckers still still stormed the capital and did all of that manny um on behalf of the youth yourself and others tell amy what can white people do right now she's taking it on behalf of all the white folks that she's trying to get to do things what's something happening right now they can do to address this liberty and conservatism yeah um in regards to labor day uh this is something i, I forgot to mention when you asked me earlier you know what should white people do um I, I I really would really really like um, if on Labor Day, right? Considering that, yeah, it is it is a day of gratitude and appreciation for our workers, right? Show that appreciation, like actually, like you know, when you're going to the store and you're gonna go and buy those hot dogs that are on sale, right? <laughs> Say like actually tell the people, you know, the workers there in that store. You thank them. Give, give them some recognition for working on this day. Thank them for all the work that they do throughout the year. Right? When you see, you know, any other employee that day or whatever, thank them. Actually show some gratitude and appreciation. Right? Because as human beings, that's all anyone ever really wants. Right? Some Just to, to feel seen. Right? To feel appreciated. Right. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Show some gratitude and appreciation. Right. If you're going to be celebrating that day, thank a worker. Thank every worker you see. Right. Compliment them. Say you're amazing at doing their job. Right. A lot of our black and brown workers in, in today's society, they don't get enough recognition. Right. Thank them. You know, I really, I really, really, I really feel strongly about that, right? About just letting people feel seen and appreciated, right? Gosh, it makes the world, it makes such a difference. So, yes, thank the workers. Thank the, you know, the the ones who are in that store and, and the reason why you're buying those hot dogs, you know, and, and they're stocked there and stuff, right? The cashier, right? Even the maintenance people, you know, people that are mopping and, and sweeping the floors. Thank them. Show them appreciation. So, yeah, I would really, really want to emphasize that on Labor Day, right? Every Labor Day, actually the workers, right? The black and brown workers, the Hispanic workers, right? The The... Oh, God, that's a whole different thing, right? The, the workers who are undocumented and they're working for their livelihood. Thank them. Make them feel seen. Gosh, it makes a difference. So, yes, do that. In regards to conservatism, um, right, on top of the educating yourself, right, I always emphasize that, but humble yourself. Humble yourself. Like, actually, I, I want you to have a conversation with yourself. If you can do that, sit in front of a mirror, right? If you don't have a mirror, pull up the camera app on your phone, 
put it, you know, reverse the camera and look at yourself. <laughs> Record yourself if, if, if you think that'll work, right? Have a literal conversation with yourself and admit the things you don't know. Maybe jot it down on a, on a piece of paper. Some things that you really don't know, right? And maybe put a category for some things that you feel like you know, but admit that, okay, you don't know everything about it. Jot those down too, okay? And then even the things you absolutely, you feel like you guaranteed you know everything about it, write those down too, because I guarantee you don't, <laughs> right? And that's not coming from a place of arrogance. It's coming from a place where you need to be humble enough to know you don't know everything. So write that down on a piece of paper. Have a conversation with yourself, right? And then go and look. Start researching about those things, right? Start questioning. Have some conversations with other people. Call someone up on the phone, right? Different perspectives. All that, right? All that part of the educational journey. But humble yourself. Humble yourself. Know that you know... You, Admit that you don't know everything, right? And especially, especially when it comes to conservatism. Please, please, please be humble enough to know and to admit that you don't know everything about conservatism. And so open yourself to be willing to learn. You know, this guy right here, man, give me... This kid, I swear, the mic drop moments are endless. And this is why I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it. I don't know everything. I don't know if you knew, right? I I don't know everything. I don't know. I don't know if we're actually going to, you know, be, you know, it's going to be as hot as it says tomorrow. I don't know that. I don't know if I'll wake up in the morning and really want the breakfast I'm thinking about right now. That's how simple it is not to know something. But you know what we do? We sit there in our stubbornness, all of us, are all, you know, and, and if you know something, let's use something like, I don't know, um, Google Docs. Just because you use it here and there doesn't mean you know it, know it. There's always something to learn. It's as simple as that. Look at how we all thought we knew how to use email because we had AOL and Hotmail, right? And we was making all them crazy email addresses and then employers started saying, wait a minute, Come fuck me is not very professional. I can't hire you, right? Listen to what this man just said. This young man, he's speaking on behalf of the youth. Are you listening? Right, he's cracking up. <laughs> yeah, for real, people had blow my back out at Hotmail as an email address and found that cute. Because you see, there's a whole other podcast, the social media impact of the movement, right? When email first came out, people was going crazy. I know Amy over there cracking the fuck up. You can't tell me, Amy, you didn't know at least one person that had that kind of, because you had all kinds of pages. People were just going crazy. You know, they put in their hole. <laughs> She's like, me. <laughs> I love big butts. Like, I, I can't even, you feel me? This was real, Manny. Shame on us. But it's, it's, you know, it goes both ways because we need the young people to be humble too, right? Let's learn how to learn from each other and be tolerant. Because here's the thing about what he just said, right? This is something I'd mentioned before to specifically the white folks struggling with their privilege. But if you are one who could say that, you know what, that actually, I, I kind of need to think about some of this stuff, or even if you don't, even if you don't think so, try doing that one day. 
You know, you could do it with other people in the house at your comfort level. Seriously, go look in the mirror and pick a situation that's happening right now. Say you're talking about a recent incident and talk yourself through it. How would you really feel if that were you, right? For example, there was a recent shooting out here in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood particularly, and different people in the neighborhood had different reactions, right? And it turns out that it was, the whole thing happened due to a domestic dispute. It just went out of control and it ended up with someone dying, right? Some people are still in denial about real, what really happened with that. Like dead ass, because this one, no, that one. Sometimes you just need to pull it off like a band-aid, man. And ask yourself, would I really be so supportive of such and such if that was my relative? If that happened to someone who was really close to me, would I really look past and say, nah, he tried to work it out with her and she, would I really do that? How many times do we have to gaslight and gatekeep each other before we realize we need to eat some humble pie? So see, in talking about what Manny's talking about, with addressing this thing, because that conservatism is very dangerous and it's on the rise, and not only in white communities, but in black and brown communities too. Amy is telling you, don't just educate yourself, back it up with action. You do not have to, you know, run out there with a picket sign every time. If you don't know what's going on, what's going on, take a minute and educate yourself. And that includes the actions you go to. Do not just show up to show the fuck up. If you don't know what's going on and you don't, you cannot relate, stay ass at home. Don't just show up because you like the title. If the people in there holding the event are as fucked up as the cause they came to take care about, right? Don't forget elections are coming up. So I'm just trying to hit some. I'm trying to learn from Manny and be nice for like five minutes. I, I, don't, I don't know if I could do it all day like Manny. But anyway, the point is, right? <laughs> you see these elections are coming up. You know the window dressing is coming. Don't just look past that shit. Don't be on the job and watch somebody abuse their power. And laugh it the fuck off and go have beers, man. We have a lot of people, especially our undocumented, are working poor or poor. They're struggling, man. While you're trying to figure out what to order, they're trying to figure out if they even have, you know, some water and flour. You ever hear about anybody drinking water and flour? Do you even know what that means? Go research that. What does that mean? How many people do you know that tells you their dinner was water and flour? Hmm right? Go in the mirror. Uh, you know, I'm asking all of y'all to do it. Pick something or just have a thought about something and ask yourself, how would I feel? Would I have reacted the same? Could I have done better? If you saw like pictures from an event or something in the news, talk about it to yourself. Have that conversation nobody else necessarily knows about when you see certain people with certain people, because we have our biases, you know, it's up to us to own them. Well, first to own it, you have to acknowledge it. Figure out what that is. I'll admit one to you. I was not good with pronouns. I still am not. I'm not even good with names. Shit. Sometimes I forget my own fucking name. Right? I really am. This is this is the truth. And don't ask me for directions. You'll get lost. I'm dead ass. I, that is not my forte. It really isn't. I've talked to myself about this. I, I've sat myself down. I even bought myself a drink and said, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why can't you get this straight? Like, we had a heart to heart. We still, you know, we was fucked up. He's like, listen. Some people, <laughs> we lacking in that department, but I acknowledged it. 
right? And when you acknowledge something, you can react to it different. So now if I fuck up a pronoun, I could take ownership without being defensive. Look at that. Look at that. All right, Amy, as we close out, what's your final thoughts for everyone? And also, how can they stay engaged via your platform? Uh, yeah, so Middletown Anti-Racism is a um, public Facebook group um, where we discuss racism that's going on in Middletown, in the state of Connecticut, um, action items, reading. Um, I post my favorite TikTok videos. Um, there are a lot of educators out there. Um, so yeah, I recommend swinging by um, and looking at um, some of the stuff that we have there and joining in. Um, and as always, CJ, thank you so much for having me here and including me in this conversation. And Dr. Manny, as always, it's great to see you. You know, um, this is not going to be our last conversation. To be fully transparent, this is something that came to be this this particular series because it's a question that I get asked and I really feel, and I'm not the only one, you know, people, white people really need to sit down, first speak to themselves, as Amy pointed out, and Manny, and then also speak to each other. Amy, we cannot thank you enough on behalf of myself, Manny, and all the black and brown people listening as a white woman for you to come here and be honest. This show is not scripted, right? I mean, they come on here, they have a vague idea. It's very vague. It's very grassroots. We don't even have a particular time for shit. For all I know, next week we'll have the show at noon. Who knows? We'll see how we feel about life. But the point is, right, you know, for her to come on this and not just her, but the others like her who will come, because there are more who are coming, right? I appreciate you all for taking that collective risk, because just like black and brown people get gaslit and gatekept, and, you know, there's all this ramification for us getting up and standing up, best believe it's not that easy, right? You get removed from groups, you get trolled away. It's all kinds of way they attack us. Don't just think because it didn't make the news, it didn't happen. Can't thank Manny enough either. Speaking of Matt, before we tune out, what's your final thoughts for tonight? Yeah, um, really, really want to thank Amy. Thank you so much for coming. You're always such a, a amazing breath of fresh air. That's that's how I see you. Uh, it really is. It's, you inspire me in many ways. So thank you so much. Uh, and and as always, CJ. I mean, I always thank you, <laughs> regardless. You know, for allowing me to come on here and, and just speak a little bit, you know, <laughs> on some things I might know a little bit about. So thank you both. But um, I also want to thank everyone who listens. Um, and I hope, I hope that in <laughs> just a little, <laughs> I hope that if anyone takes anything today, um, it's the message from me. This is my message, right? Is that you, 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 each and every single one of you have the power, have the ability, have the potential within you to not only be someone great, right? To be a leader in your own right with your own set of skills, right? But 
that when you come to that moment or realization that you have the power and the ability to help and fight for change, your life <laughs> will take on a meaning that you could have never fathomed. But it all starts with that first step of actually wanting to, not just saying it, but actually, actually wanting to be part of the movement for change, right? And so I just really want to urge every single one of you that if it is in your heart, if maybe just the, the slightest glimmer of hope, right? It starts with you. So please, please, please find it within yourself. Inspire others, right? Maybe you're not ready yet, but maybe you see others who are. Encourage them, motivate them, right? Give them the push that they need because it takes for us to support each other and keep that support, reinforce each other. So as you know, You'll always see me on the front line. That's where you can find me. I'll be right there along CJ. It'll be getting on some people's nerves. I have decades ahead of me to do that. That's what you'll be seeing for my life, right? Getting on the nerves of people. <laughs> uh, it's all for the generations that are not yet here. That's what I always say. For the generations that are not yet here. That's who I will continue to fight for. So that their world, their lives can be that much better than mine, than CJ, than Amy's, than the people of today's. That's where you'll find me. I hope to see you there. I hope that you'll be in this fight with us for a better tomorrow. You know, you have to be grateful for the opportunity to meet the Mannies, the Amy's, the three-fifths. I mean, I know some really fucking amazing people, man. I can't deny it. Right. As much as I and we speak about white supremacy, make no mistake. And Amy's an example of that. Right. There are white people who are willing to learn and it's going to be a work in progress, but they're willing to give it that go. And sometimes they might trip, fall and they'll dust themselves off, just like Aaliyah said, and get up again. Right. Try again. Right. That's how you do it. So if you try the first time and you fail, there's always another time. The only time you really fail is when you choose not to try. I can't even begin. There's a whole other podcast to talk about, Manny. This is why to the folks in my generation and after and before, I should say, right? Eat some humble pie. We don't know everything. Times have changed, right? Communities have changed. Cultures, right? Learn from them. There's shit they know that you might actually live a little easier by knowing yourself, okay? Little tricks like how to use social media or how not to stress out about certain things. Because we do stress out about some dumb shit like not going to the grocery store at 8 a.m. Get the fuck out of here. I stopped doing that years ago. Stop that. I learned that from the young people. Would, would you stressing yourself out to go to the grocery store at that time? What do you think will happen at that time that won't happen at any other time? But this is why we have to nurture these young people, but give them room to be and also give yourself room to learn and tolerate their pushback as well. It's both ways. 
Either way you cut the cake, you see what's the common theme here. Humility. Effective learning requires humility, and it never ends. And as said before, you can't just educate. You have to take that now and put it into action. No action is too small. You heard Amy share some great ways as a white woman. A FOIA is huge. It is. Believe it or not, that little submission is pretty big because you get to find out things and ask more questions. Asking questions. Such a small act has such a big impact. So there's different ways from picking up and going to an event, you know, being a marshal, right? Supporting Manny at his events, right? There's different ways. You could provide the equipment to something. You could say, hey, listen, I'll bring, I'll bring some water. I'll bring some snacks to hand out to the people who are there. I'll call people. I'll make calls. There's different ways. But the only time you don't find a way is when you choose not to find one. It always comes back to you. I cannot thank you all enough for your continued support and encouragement. Your solidarity is greatly appreciated. Manny and Amy, you're always, you're always a good time. And they're going to be back. And so are you. So think about it. We have this question coming up again in a couple of days. What should white people do? Well, I hope you're having a good night. And I hope that we enlightened you just a little bit. That's all for now. Fist up, smile on, CJ.